Welcome in, welcome in to the Dynasty Mafia podcast. I am your host, Antonio Denisi. With me, as always, my brother, Eric Denisi, and Keen Jimmy Jeech. How are we tonight, fellas? Good, good. Good, good. And what are you out of breath there? You're excited to do the show? Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I just couldn't talk there for a second. I lost my breath. Uh, I thought I was going to hiccup sorry about that uh but no super excited it's been a little while we had a little bit of an internet issue so sorry about that uh to yeah i apologize us. about that <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 verizon that. verizon apologizes about that folks uh yeah they are definitely not a sponsor yeah. but <laughs> we are very very excited to be back uh definitely way 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 too long uh a lot has happened in between that time frame uh we went back to space we did. That was uh, that, that was something that kept me going Ooh. yesterday. Uh, for the last about uh, 24 hours, uh, SpaceX had sent some NASA astronauts into orbit uh, to go to the International Space Station. So that was really awesome to be able to watch. First time since 2011 that we've uh, sent astronauts off of U.S. soil. Uh, what did you guys think about that? I thought it was pretty cool. You know, some live besides sports. We haven't we're we're not able to watch sports on TV, so you know we were able you were able to watch that. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we always saw those videos in high school when we were studying. You know, the cold, was it Cold War when they were all racing up to space, Russia and versus U.S. So hopefully we get a little modern day of that. Let's see, let's see what happens. Yeah, it was pretty cool, um, especially since it's been almost ten years since we. Uh, had a uh, astronauts from the U.S. soil um, go and especially the cool thing though was the rocket at the end landing. Um, how they had it land on the pad there or, or whatever. Um, so that was cool too. Just seeing the different kind of technology they use, as uh, as opposed to the old videos like you said before that we used to see all the time with the rockets launching. My only question is: Is space Corona free? If so, when we get on the spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. They there. they got to be pretty close up there in the space station. Yeah, can they do social distancing up there? <laughs> uh, they didn't. Let, they did not look like they were six feet away, yeah. but uh, but they definitely were in suits. So maybe maybe that counts for something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they let that rocket down, the remote rocket. Uh, that was really cool uh, that they released. But the thing that amazed me was they were going up to seventeen thousand miles an hour to get up to orbit like that was that was wild and they did that in a matter of like six or seven minutes um so that was really cool to be able to watch something in space from my phone uh, yeah i mean we we went to space in what uh, the late 60s so to be able to say 60 years later uh you know 50 55 years later that that's really cool to me um so let's move over to some football uh whoa whoa whoa, whoa. before we go any further oh, we have something before we go any farther, let's talk about the celebrity in the family, Mr. DC, make, making waves on TikTok. Is that is that true? <laughs> oh yeah, she's lighting it up. Over fifty thousand views. That's that's. Oh yeah, cool. my my mother has a lot of of lonely time. Uh, that she apparently uh, downloaded TikTok and has over fifty thousand. You said on on a current video that she just posted a couple days ago. Hey, we got to get her on the show. We've been posting for a while. She's been waiting for a chance. This is it. Oh wow, that's yeah. That's we cool. got to get her on the to show. We're on. gonna be on her show. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, we need to get we need to get a boost. Uh, I think that she'd be someone that could make that happen. Yeah, if anybody's on TikTok, uh, can I get uh, an autograph? Not, but <laughs> yeah. So all right, now we'll move Lady on to some water football. dumped on her head. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers, in lieu of of the uh, Packers drafting a quarterback, Jordan Love. Uh, Aaron Rodgers jokes. Well, maybe not jokes, but make some comments about not possibly ending his career as a Green Bay Packer. Uh, sort of sort of like uh, Brett Favre-esque, kind of how Aaron Rodgers' career started. So I don't know why he is so surprised that this may have happened. Maybe he didn't expect it uh, at this point, but what was he, 37 years old? I think it was the same age when Favre. Yeah, same age. Yeah, same age. So is Aaron Rodgers going to end a Packer? Absolutely not. It's over. I think the Packers are one bad season or or eight and eight season away from blowing the whole thing up. They already got they already got their quarterback and they already drafted a running back to replace Jones. So I think they're I think they're the coaching staff is prepping for this for this to happen. And you know, it was their first year last year as as uh Packers head coach. What's his name? Um drawing a blank. Oh, Packers. currently LaFleur? LaFleur, yeah. He, yeah, uh, LaFleur, yeah. yeah, first year, it's not too late to blow it up if he wanted to get his own players in, if he feels like he can't win with these players. Yeah, yeah but do you I've, say that about one of the best quarterbacks to ever play? Hey. Don't you surround around him if he thinks he's got another three or four years left? Well, let's ask Bill Belichick. Why is, I think, why, the, I think the, whole, uniform. the whole situation is maybe a little, little more over, overblown than – everyone's really saying because even LaFleur himself said they have the greatest quarterback in the league or the best quarterback in the league. And, um, and he already said, he said, that's their quarterback. That's their guy. Uh, I think it's more of, if you look throughout Rogers history, he has a little bit of an injury history and they've never seemed to have somebody good enough to be, to come in and, you know, back him up there. Same with Carson Wentz and that whole situation there. I think Wentz is fine. Um, I think it was more of an insurance policy, just like they had with Fol- with Foles. Um, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. One game away from the Super Bowl. Why yeah. wouldn't you use that first round pick to get someone in here to help Rodgers? Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. I, I mean, they had a great season last year too. They had a great. They you know they were one of the what they thirteen and three, was it? Yeah, um, yeah, they did. But it was a lot of people did think that was a lucky thirteen and three. Um, there were a lot of close games. Yeah. Okay. So why wouldn't you use something to help the current team then? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying Jordan Love was the answer at what I believe 26. Uh, yeah. They could have maybe got gotten somebody later or just waited another year. Well, uh, like not only good. not only could he be the backup, but like a potential future option too. So like that's also why. And he he probably wouldn't have lasted um, to their next pick. So that's probably. I'm, I'm guessing that's why they pulled the trigger. He's just but same a- with A.J. Dillon. They didn't trust him to fall to their next pick, so that's why they picked him where they did. He's um, just, he just has a big question mark on me. Like, if you have the best – one of the best quarterbacks on your team already, and he probably has two, good, two, three more good seasons in him, why would you draft Jordan Love? What happens in two years and Jordan Love's a bust? Well, that's why you, you pick him now. Well, you so even know, though. Under Rodgers. So well, when Rodgers – What's that? Will you even know? Aaron, exactly. Aaron Rodgers just redid his contract in 2022. He's still a $17 million cap hit. 
So you need to trade him and you got to hope somebody, I mean, I'm not saying somebody won't take that deal, but even, even next year alone, uh, he's a $36 million cap hit. It's just a big risk. I think for the coaching staff to do this. I'm sorry. He was a $36 million cap hit, then $39 million. Yeah, I think I think it was more of a, an insurance policy now in case Rodgers goes down, as well as a potential long term option, and that's why they felt spending the first round capital was was worth it. I just I, I mean, spoiler well, alert: I have Rodgers as my sell, um, which we'll talk about later. But I still think for the next couple of years he's going to be fine. Okay, what if he what if Rodgers stays healthy, like Antonio was saying, and stays healthy for two three years? And we move down the road. Rodgers, you know, retires. They they bring this guy in, Jordan Love, drafted three years ago. Do we know? Do we? Do they know he's going to be good by just watching him at practice or in a preseason game? I mean, Aaron Rodgers learned under Brett Favre for a couple I mean, of years. I mean, Nathan Peterman looked good at practice, and we put him in a game. He threw six interceptions in the game. Yeah, but that's what you got to do. I mean, you're you're never going to know. It's it, right, just a big yeah, risk. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, only time will tell, and, and we'll see how this offseason moves risk. along. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a risk. And uh, speaking of long-term, uh, history doesn't favor the Cowboys when it comes to keeping Dak Prescott uh, playing under the franchise tag. Uh, the franchise tag started in 1993. Since then, there have been 11 times that quarterback has been uh, you, has been uh, tagged, and uh, eight times – uh, eight times, sorry, including Prescott have been tagged. Only two of them have played under the tag, though, Kirk Cousins and Drew Brees. Both of them were subsequently traded after they were being tagged, Kirk going from Washington and then uh, uh, signing with uh, Minnesota and then Brees moving over to New Orleans. So does it seem like they're going to get a deal done before the season begins in 2020? I think, I think if Jerry Jones is smart, I wouldn't push for a season for a deal to get done like i am not a i'm not a dak believer i and i don't think jones is either let him play on a franchise tag let him play on a prove a deal yeah i i think they're gonna make it a priority to try and get it done but i feel like in the end it might not get done right away and it might end up going until i think he's gonna play on on the franchise tag either way I don't. I don't think he's gonna sit out or anything, but um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them to get it done. I think if they are if they haven't gotten it done already, then it's probably not gonna happen until after the season. Yeah, well, I think the franchise tag's up to thirty six million now, and he definitely wants to sign for an annual uh, amount higher than that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't seem like they're gonna get there yet. What'd you say? Is he worth it? Is he worth it? Uh, in Jerry Jones' eyes, he's going to be because Jerry Jones drafted him, and he I totally to understand what they're doing though with the weapons they have now. This is basically make it or break it for him. I mean, which I I think he had a breakout season last year, forty nine hundred and thirty touchdowns. But he just recently turned down thirty three million dollars per year. Is yeah. that crazy? Yeah. If well, the tag. If he's turning down thirty three million, how much is Mahomes going to get? When's this going to stop? Never. Never. The salary cap's always going to keep going up. in our lifetime going to have a $1 billion quarterback? Billion. In our lifetime? Yeah, probably. 
that's that's insane. I I should have been a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, should have done that. Yeah, you made you made the wrong decisions. Yeah. Uh, but but no, yeah, I don't I don't know if he's necessarily worth it just yet. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, I definitely think there's a chance he might be tagged twice, and then who knows where he's going to be because Dallas might not have that money uh, without hurting themselves till at least 2021. Um, yeah. If be... he's tagged twice, though, and after 2021, they could trade away Amari Cooper and free up a bunch of space right there. Right. And then they have C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup there still. So that could be a potential option yeah. for him. Yeah, well, they do have a run game. They do have that run game, and they did yeah. pay the run running back Zeke Elliott. So uh, another team that uh, loves to run the ball a lot, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they did set a NFL record by rushing for 3,296 yards, just over 200 rushing yards a game. And uh, they were able to tally a league-best 531 points. So John Harbaugh, the head coach, made a comment uh, that he thinks the next step for Lamar Jackson is to be able to move the ball downfield. Um, you know, since they're running the ball, he said that he really does believe that's the next step for this offense from an execution standpoint, uh, and that he's going to take the next step because of our receivers. Uh, you know, with Hollywood Brown, he's very fast. Miles Blinken, uh, he's a big wide receiver. He moved fast. Uh, Duvernay, they drafted. James Proche, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right. But uh, they seem like they have – they want to have speed down the field, and they're going to probably see some stacked boxes from the amount of rushing they've done. So they need to make sure they keep the defense honest. Do you think he's going to be able to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to throwing 30-plus touchdowns again? I think he can. I don't know. Everyone, everyone thinks he's for sure going to have, you know, touchdown regression, which maybe he could to a point, but it's when you, when you're setting out this team, it's tough to not see him get at least 30 again. You know, like if, if Mark Andrews can get 10 again, maybe even 12 or 13, which I could definitely see happen. Um, Hollywood Brown's going to take a step forward this year. Um, and just the whole, the whole team that, their passing game is going to be even better. Like, that's the scary thing is this offense only got better. They added J.K. Dobbins, you know, Duvernay, like you said, they added. Um, I don't know. I just – I really like this team. I think it's going to be more of the same next year. I respectfully disagree. I think the Tennessee Titans have put the blueprint how to stop Lamar Jackson. Look what they made him do. They made him throw the ball over 50 times. And they got blown out by the Tennessee Titans, who was run by Tannenhill. That's I I I don't think I you know me I'm not a big Lamar Jackson believer. I think I I said it in, I said it last year. There's going to be a defense that's going to stop him and that's going to set the blueprint. He's got to make the throws not in the middle of the field. It's more on the outside but outside of numbers, and I don't think he can do it. They're they're gonna be they're just gonna add so much more to their offense though. Like imagine this. Three three people in their backfield, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins. Just what are you gonna do with all three of them just sitting back there? Then you got Hollywood and Mark Andrews, you gotta you gotta defend. It they're they're going to be scary. They're gonna be And it's gonna be scary on paper. More of the same. I'm telling you. Yeah, and I don't think that's something that they could do. Friendly wager here, Eric. Oh, you got 30 touchdowns. I got less than 30 touchdowns passing. Uh, all right. 
All right, a beer. Let's put the over under 29 and a half. All right. All right, we got a beer. 20 and 29 and a half. All right. You got the so over like six beer. pack or whatever. And, yeah, there's your all right, six pack. There's your first mafia bet, boy, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Yeah. We're going to write that down. You yeah. know, the thing though, I don't think Tennessee can keep that up though. Uh, every single game, especially every other team. I mean, Lamar Jackson still had uh, 140 rushing yards, and yeah, he did throw the ball a lot. And Tannehill only threw it 14 times. Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying the defense. Everybody's got Derrick Henry. I'm saying the defensive blueprint. I'm just I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I don't care what they did on offense, Tennessee, but I'm just saying he couldn't beat Tannehill. That's and I, and I'm also not a Tannehill believer either because Derrick Henry beat everybody. Yeah, so true. <laughs> Derrick Henry. Pretty much gave Tannehill another big contract. You know, one interesting stat, speaking of both those teams, is that uh, only four teams since 2014 have had less than 450 pass attempts. And it was the 2018 and 2019 Titans, the 2019 Ravens, and the 2018 Seahawks. Now, the coincidence about all four of those teams is they are hyper-efficient. Now, we know Russell Wilson has been hyper-efficient his whole career, so we know the Seahawks can keep doing it. The Ravens, we haven't seen doing it very long, uh, but the Titans were able to do it for a couple of years. Uh, the 49ers actually had 452 in 2019, and they are an extremely efficient team. So four out of those well, – all four of those teams made the playoffs and, you know, are capable of having deep runs. Is it, is it becoming a league that's maybe more balanced with running and passing? Or is it just these, just these teams right now? I mean, right now might 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 be just these teams, but you, I think it's going to go towards that. Like, what you're just going to notice, there's just a lot more, especially with this this rookie class just added. You know, a good five or six, maybe even seven, really good running backs, and it's just teams are going to be able to do more with the running game with with the the amount of talent that's currently in the league. Yeah, I think we're slowly seeing all the quarterbacks getting ready for retirement like Brady is on the last few years Breeze Big Ben where those teams trusted these quarterbacks to throw 30 40 50 times a game we're all now we now we're seeing all those young quarterbacks start coming in with Allen um Wentz is there Jackson Wentz you know and I think I think teams are understanding that's gonna you're not gonna get that Tom Brady that's just gonna walk in and you know understand the offense and be able to win you know Super Bowls right off the bat I think they're teams are being more patient with developing a quarterback than they were in the past. And the way you're, the way you're going to, the way to develop the quarterback and have patience is by handing off the ball to the running back. Yeah. Taking pressure off of them. Yeah, taking pressure off the running back. If that makes sense, if that makes sense to me, at least. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you know, one way to be able to run the ball though, is you got to have a good run blocking, you know, you got to be able to, to, to block well, and you have to be able, like we said, to keep them honest when, uh, when the boxes do get stacked. And uh, we'll see what uh, if Baltimore can repeat. Maybe not the historic level of rushing, but they blew everybody else away. So uh, talking about blocking, George Kittle, probably one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, if not the best, uh, is also still on his rookie contract, uh, set to make $2.13 million this year, which will put him at uh, 35th for all tight ends. What a bargain. what a bargain for San Francisco. So do you think there is a chance uh, that he could be somebody that might be tagged next year uh, or that he's going to sit out possibly for the 2020 season until they can get something done? Cause it sounds like they haven't been anywhere near close. And uh, 
You say George Kittle, right? George yeah. Kittle, yeah. I think I think no. it gets done just because of one reason. Don't talk about that. 49ers, 49ers need George Kittle more than George Kittle needs the 49ers. Don't don't talk about a holdout. I got him in too many leagues. Don't say that. <laughs> he's, well, he's my boy. <laughs> I mean, the 49ers definitely have the leverage. That's what uh, that's what worries me. No, I, they have to sign him. How do they have they the leverage? Him. They need him out there. If they want a, a chance at going to the Super Bowl again, they need him. I mean, he's their he's their number one receiving option there. He's their biggest threat. He's, I mean, I mean, I know they drafted Ayuk and, you know, Debo's got another year down and, but, but they, they, they need him. I feel like they do, but the way they have the leverage is, you know, they could let him play two, they could pay him $2 million this year, let him sit out if he really wanted to, which costs them basically nothing. And then they could tag him for, which would this year would be just over $10 million. Yeah, but you don't want him to sit out this year. Yeah, you need because. Him. I'm not saying everyone they, know you know it, it. Everyone knows defenses don't last, and right now they have one of the best defenses in the league. Like this, right now is their is their Super Bowl window. They they need him in there, so he does have some le- leverage. I feel like um, I know they they definitely have more leverage, but he's, he's that's why I feel on his side there. That's, you know? that's why I feel like the 49ers need George Kittle more than than forty nine than George Kittle needs the 49ers. Yeah, you but, know, I, mean, I could. But he's also looking for he's also looking for more money than a top tight end. He's looking to get paid. Yeah, like, he, correct. That's the problem. He like wants eight, to reset the market for tight ends. Him and him and Ertz do. Ertz turned down an offer that was similar to uh, Austin Hooper's. And yeah, Ertz is in his thirties, so or pushing thirties. You know, George yeah, Kittle. But might tight ends, tight ends normally last a little bit longer. Like look at Jason Witten and Greg Olson; they're still. Yeah, Kittle turned 27 during the season, and, and I do think that they, they probably will reach something, especially let's say he holds out and they start the season 0-3. You know, they, they will pay him if that's – That's when he's going to get paid. Yeah, that's the way he's going to get paid. Uh, so that – the offseason with everything going on, obviously is making it tougher for conversations, but uh, I think that uh, as things maybe hopefully continue to open up, teams can get back at that, and somebody like George Kittle might uh, – might find himself uh, with a long-term deal with the 49ers. Uh, so I want to move along from our news and notes. That's going to be enough for today. So now we're going to move on to our main segment here, our buys and sells. Uh, each of us are going to give a buy for the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position, as well as a sell for each of those. And what we're going to do is start us off with the quarterback buys here. And Keenan, starting at the top. Yes, sir. I got uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Obviously, he's a quarterback uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So the way I look at Baker's uh, year last year, kind of look at it as Jared Goff's year when uh, Jeff Fisher was his head coach, um, his rookie season. Everyone thought that, you know, Golf was going to be a bust. His numbers were down. Then they bring in a, a new coach, offensive-minded head coach, and uh, Sean McVay. And numbers skyrocket. They eventually make the Super Bowl. So Baker Mayfield's going to prove that you need a coach to help a young quarterback out, where they just hired Kevin uh, Stefanski. Uh, he's a new young offensive-minded head coach, 37 years old. Um, I think – you know, I think the NFL is slowly moving into that, you know, 
you need that offensive minded young, get rid of all those, um, you know, all those old guys, take them to the curb and bring these young guys in like us, they should hire us and see what they can do. Um, but you know, Stefanski has been around the league. Uh, he's been in Minnesota for the last 14 seasons. He has a quarterback coach. Um, he took over offensive coordinator in week 15 of 2018. And in his first, you know, chance as an offensive coordinator, he was able to make, you know, the Minnesota Vikings a very good offense where uh, Kirk Cousins blossomed under his offense. So I think, I think, you know, I think Baker's more talented. And then Kirk Cousins, I think he's with, with the help of his new head coach. I, I feel like he's ready to take that next step. Um, not only was the the passing offense really good with with Minnesota, their pass or their run out their run offense is really good. Where so now, if Chubb and Hunt can get going behind behind that offensive line, it's going to help Mayfield out. And with all those weapons, I think they have the best weapons on paper. If they could put it together, that team is scary good. I'm not a big Cleveland fan in general in all sports. I hate you know hated LeBron James all those years, but. Uh, I would hate to see, you know, Cleveland be good, but with all those weapons, it's going to be hard not – it's going to be hard for Baker not not to blossom. You know, he's got Chubb, Hunt, Odell, Landry, Hooper, Njoku. Like I said, I think they have the best weapons on paper. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That uh, I, almost, I almost considered him as a buy. Um, but I I had to go with, with our homeboy – uh, Josh Allen. Um, it's not necessarily a buy low since he, his his current ADP is QB eight. Um, but I do think I do think after this year he's going to be one of those guys that are just unobtainable. You know, almost like Lamar and Mahomes are to the point where you just you get, you have to give up so much to get him that you're just not going to want to do it. Um. But if you look at it, obviously with the addition of Stephon Diggs, the added Zach Moss into the offense, he had a, he had a year to grow with Beasley, Brown, Knox. Um, if you look from his rookie year to his sophomore year, his completion percentage went from 52.8% to 58.8%. Um, and I think this year you could see it get over 60% for sure. Uh, I think he's going to take another step forward. Um and if you look at it also from his this or this last year, he threw for 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions. And the year before he threw 12 interceptions in five less games. Um, so he's, he's making, he's making better decisions. He obviously has a fumbling issue, but I think he can work on that too. And yeah, that's, um, that's, they could fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not, not only that, but he also added the, over the past two years, he added 17 total rushing touchdowns as well as over 500 rush yards both years. So just what he can bring to the table, I think he's going to take another step forward. I think this offense is going to take a step forward. And, and yeah, I think he's, he's going to be a good buy right now. Yeah, two, two really good options you guys have there. And, and I'm going to kind of stick with a young theme here. Uh, and I'm going to go with Jared Goff. Uh, he's turning 26 this season, uh, plays for the L.A. Rams. And I actually – I originally – picked him as my cell and when I was going through everything I, I the more I, I looked I was kind of surprised and decided to make him my buy 
And, you know, a big thing was he's had 4,600 yards in back-to-back seasons. So, you know that the offense likes to throw. Uh, he has still has his core players, uh, even though getting rid of Brandon Cooks. He still has Cooper Cup, whom he loves the most. Uh, Robert Woods is extremely reliable. Josh Reynolds knows the offense. He's been around. Tyler Higby kind of burst out, uh, as well as Gerald Everett, since they do like to run that 12 personnel. You know, Whitworth re-signed for a three-year, so, you know, he's going to be there. And there's just so much continuity. And he finished as the quarterback seven in 2018. So going into 2019, it didn't look like the best season for him. But for fantasy-wise, uh, it, it really wasn't horrible. He still finished in the top 13. And when I saw his ADP was uh, up at the uh, the higher end, what was it, quarterback 18, I think I was looking at it. Um, I'm like, there's there's no way he should be that high right now. So that was kind of a big reason as well that I pulled him in here. And when you look at his four worst games during the season, he played against San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Baltimore, which were all some of the top defenses in the, in the whole league. So, I mean, the whole team in general was just struggling. Now, he has a really low floor because during those four games, he totaled only 14.44 points. I mean, and that's in six point per touchdown league. So that was really rough, really rough. But like I said, he still finishes as a quarterback 13 with those four games. So you take away those four, he averaged 20.8 points per game, which would have had in time for sixth, which was only 0.1 behind Mahomes. So kind of looking at that information really made me realize that his floor, we, as I said, we know where it can be, but his ceiling is, is really up there. It can be that top five quarterback. And I'm really excited for what he can do for this next season, uh, especially now that they have Cam Akers in there to kind of replace what uh, Gurley was able to do. But I really do think that uh, that, that offense is going to get back to what they were like in 2018. And, uh, and yeah, I think, uh, I think Goff's going to come back and he's going to be a really good player that uh, you should be getting this season because next season is going to be a lot different. I agree. They're going to get rid of that Super Bowl hangover, huh, Antonio? Yeah, they're going to. And even, you know, mentioning that Super Bowl hangover, his 2018 season was actually really incredible. He had wins against the Chargers, the Vikings, Seattle twice, San Francisco twice, Green Bay, and Kansas City. And then they went to the Super after beating Dallas and New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of teams. That's, that's a lot of good teams there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we have Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Jared Goff, all young quarterbacks. Uh, so let's focus over to ourselves now with uh, Eric. Yeah, um, for my cell, uh, it's kind of an easy one almost, but Aaron, I went with Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, you know, he's turning 37. Uh, they just drafted Jordan Love. They didn't draft any wide receivers for him. Um, I do think he's going to be fine over the next couple of years, um, but I was actually kind of surprised. He's going as QB 13 right now. So fantasy-wise, I don't think his value is going to get any higher than it currently is. So that's why I'd say sell him now, get what you can for him. Um, you know, it's going to be probably more of the same from what it was, you know, last year he's, he's going to have some good games, but then he's going to have games where he just, he just doesn't do anything for you. Um, and I think right now, since he's going QB 13, you could try and trade him for, you know, for example, uh, Sam Darnold or, like Antonio's by Jared Goff. Those are guys, you know, being drafted behind him right now. 
Um, so if you can make a deal like that, get a younger guy in there, get to get, you know, find yourself a better asset come, coming down the road, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Eric, because the only way I would keep Rodgers if I have him is if I have Jordan Love on my team. Um, you, if you lock them both up, at least you, you know, you're guaranteed to have one, one of them as your starter moving forward. Um, all depends what Green Bay decides to do with Rodgers. Yeah. Because if they end up trading him, you have that, you know, his handcuff and he's, he's able to, you're able to just plug in Jordan Love and if, and then you, uh, and then Rodgers, you still have Rodgers wherever he goes, you still have him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I kind of went – I went with a younger quarterback here. Um, he's very popular in, in fantasy in Deshaun Watson, quarterback for the uh, Houston Texans. Might be a little surprised, but I am still stuck on that Hopkins trade. I'm still scared. Whenever a quarterback loses their number one weapon, it can't be good, um, especially with the, the chemistry those two developed over the years. It's hard to it's hard to develop that, and you know, is you know is Fuller going to be able to take take number one uh, reps for the Texans and and you know be able to produce like Hopkins did? I don't think so. Plus, he has a hard time staying on the field. Um, I feel like every time I draft, I mean, I'm sliding him into my IR position. Same thing with Brandon Cooks. You know, he's got they got some talent there, and Brandon Cooks and Fuller and and David Johnson, but there's there's a lot of question marks there with when it comes to injuries. So the way I see it with with Deshaun Watson here, try to sell him. Someone's gonna pay pay up. Um, I I I would I hate to trade him unless someone's really you know giving you a good good um, you know return value. But like I said, once you lose your number one weapon, it's gonna be tough to put up the numbers that he has. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Deshaun is the real deal. Um, I do like a lot of the points you said, but you're right. He needs to show everybody now that he is more than just what DeAndre Hopkins uh, was able to do for him. Um, speaking of somebody else who kind of needs to put up or shut up, I, I'm I'm selling Dak Prescott, and it's not it's not because I hate Dak Prescott. It's I just I don't think he's going to be able to to continue to be that top, you know, three, four, or five fantasy quarterback. Uh, I know he threw 30 touchdowns and over 4,900 yards last year, but that type of production doesn't come by just any quarterback every single year. You know, he needed 596 attempts to do that. And I don't think he's going to be, able, I don't think he's going to be throwing that much anymore, uh, especially with McCarthy coming in. I know he talked about uh, trying to learn the new school, but only one time ever with him did Aaron Rodgers throw the ball over 600 times. And I just – I don't think that that's something that they're going to want to do. I don't think he can do he, it. He can do it, but it's – they have Zeke Elliott for a reason, and they pay him a lot of money. And if you got a quarterback throwing over 600 times, you're not going to be giving Zeke the ball uh, the right amount of times either. But Dak needs to consistently have a high yards per attempt if he wants that kind of yardage. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, his career, you know, he has a very high yards per attempt. Mahomes is around 8.6. Uh, Dax was 8.2 last season. That's very, very high for, uh, that's elite level. And, you know, maybe Dak can do that. Maybe he can't. I'm on the school, I'm on the side right now that doesn't think he's going to be able to keep that up, even with the addition of CeeDee Lamb. 
Uh, but the other interesting thing that I saw was in their eight wins last year, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Dak threw over 33 times just twice. So if they're going to be winning, he's obviously not going to be throwing the ball that much, which means he needs to be hyper-efficient to be getting you anywhere near what you're looking for uh, from 2019. And in 2018, it was just three times in the nine wins that they had where he threw the ball more than 33 times, and two of those were high-scoring shootouts. So you're obviously hoping to not get into shootouts every time and that Dallas defense is pretty good. So if they got a good defense and a run game, I kind of lean the, the side that they might be winning more than losing. And if that's the case, well, you know, he had four games without a passing touchdown and all those were losses. So yeah. in his losses, if he's not producing and in his wins, if he's not producing, that's what kind of why I think he's going to be a sell for me. Um, one more thing too. The top four defenses that they faced last season, New England, Buffalo, New Orleans, and Chicago, Dallas lost all four of them. Uh, and they got blown out on Thanksgiving by our Bills. <laughs> didn't have, they didn't have C.D. Lamb, though. He's going to be great this year. Dak Prescott is going to be great. You're crazy. I'm keeping him. He's going to be awesome. He's going to put up 5,035 touchdowns. It's Sounds like we have a dynasty back. Hey. A mafia bat. Here we go. I hope I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I love CD. I love Gallup. I love Amari. I love that offense. But I'm just not trusting that the new regime wants to throw that ball 600 times, which is what I think Dak needs to be able to even touch that again. So I'll I'll put a bet up that he doesn't throw for 5,000 yards. Oh, give me like, give me like. You know, I'll give you 40. I'll give you 4,700. Oh wow, he dropped 300 yards. All right. 47? 4,700. Okay, six pack. What's the bet? Six pack? Six pack. We'll just keep doing six packs. Six pack, sure. All right. You like those twisted teeth. Make it uh, 46.99 and a half. There you go. 46.99. Well, I guess I'll move into my. uh, Yeah, let's uh, slide over to our, uh, our, our running back buys. Yeah. Um,. I got for me. This was tough for me. There's a lot of running backs that I love, and I could not pick pick one um, that you know that was going to be a buy low. Um, I think I think Austin Eckler is going to cost some money. He's running back for Chargers, but he's my buy. I think I think he's he's going to be a true you know big PPR threat. If you have him, you're going to love him this year. Even even last year, um, after Melvin Gordon returned in Week Five, he Eckler was still able to produce RB one production. Um, I, I I would watch a San Diego Chargers game, and I felt like Bill Burgers was just dumping it down to him. And how ironic he's got Tyrod Taylor as the as the as his quarterback this year, who was eighth in checkdowns in 2017 and 2018, with 8.7% of the time. Um, I watching Tyrod Taylor here in Buffalo is frustrating, but if I'm watching Tyrod Taylor, just, you know, give Eckler those two yard catches and I'm racking up those PPR points, I'll be happy. But um, yeah, I think he, I think he's going to, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to cost some if you want to trade for him. Um, but I think if you want a good PPR stud, this is, this is the guy to go for because Christian McCaffrey is going to cost a lot, um, you know, 
Barkley's going to cost a lot. Eckler is obviously not as good as those two, so you might be able to get a stud here. Even even with Justin – thought I heard something. <laughs> even with Justin Herbert, um, if he does take over the job over Tyrod Taylor, uh, I feel like, you know, with a rookie rookie quarterback, they're going to ease him into the offense, like we said in, with the prior – uh, quarterbacks that we mentioned earlier in the show where he's going to either dump it off or he's just going to hand it off to Eckler. So I don't see any of those running backs that are behind Eckler being that much of a threat. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Austin Eckler. I actually traded for him. I wish I had the trade pulled up. I gave up a lot for him. And I, I, the only piece I remember that I gave that I gave up was Eckler's, which I'm fine with that. But I did give up a lot for him, and everyone gave me a hard time for it. This is before we knew where Melvin Gordon was going. I don't, I don't remember the trade, but I'd be interested interested to go see uh, what it Maybe was. I'll, I'll pull it up. Why don't you move on to your, your buy? I'll pull it up. Right, yeah, pull that up. Uh, uh, mine's uh, James Conner running back for the Steelers. Um, this one's it seemed pretty easy to me. I mean, right now his ADP is currently running back 29. Um, obviously, there's health issues. Um, he's on his last year of his deal. You know, they drafted McFarlane. Um, I'm not worried about Snell or, uh, Samuels, you know, they're, they're nothing special, but if James Conner stays healthy, he is by far the best running back on that team. Um, even, even Tom, like Tomlin said himself, he's a featured guy, you know, when he's healthy. So, you know, back in 2018 in 13 games, he finished as the RB seven. So you're paying running back 29 price and you're potentially getting a top 10 running back if he stays healthy. So for me, the risk to the reward is very low risk and very high reward. So for me right now, he's, he's a very good buy and you can get him cheap too. Are you afraid? Are you afraid of um, the, that they just drafted a running back this past draft? McFarland's all right, but again, he's he's not a special talent, really. He's he he's he's good. Like, don't get me wrong, but he's not he's not a if if James Conner's healthy, then McFarland's not a serious threat. I don't believe. You don't think you don't think he? For me, for me, the only thing the only thing wor- that worries me is health, and that's it. Um, which is obviously a big big concern, but for how cheap he is right now, I'm I'm not scared of the price for the possible reward. See, I'm, a, I'm a little different with you. I'll just say this. Whenever a coaching staff and a GM decide to draft a running back, it scares me away from the running back. I, they, I, they, I, they don't have for depth, me too, though, but really normally, normally if it's in the first three rounds, then I worry a little bit more than obviously the first and second round. But It's just in the back of my head. They had the chance to get Dobbins. They had the chance to get Swift. They had the chance to get Taylor. Yeah. They passed on all of them, and, and I really think that they went with McFarland because Jalen Samuels can catch the ball if they need him to, and then Snell can kind of do some work, or maybe they're really not a big fan of Snell. I'm not either. But uh, McFarland, I think, was just there if, if something happens to Connor. And, yeah, what did I get? I think I got him for uh, 204. Yeah, I think I think McFarland – I think the McFarland pick was more so speaking towards – Samuels and uh, Snell. I just I don't think I don't think they're fans because they gave both of them both of them had opportunities. Um, 
And I just I just think they yeah, they definitely did. Them. And yeah. then that primetime game, Pittsburgh Buffalo, he did show he did sh- he did show up in that game for sure. Yeah, Connor. And I thought he was going to beat a single handed. He's, he's very like, he's he's a very good running back. It's all it's all health with him. Yeah. Um, if he's if he's healthy, he's great. Yeah, I agree. That's why I'm saying you know you're buying him at running back twenty nine, and you're potentially getting a top ten guy. Yeah. So so I mean you know if if he busts out, you at least didn't have to pay much. Anthony I, Antonio, I got that trade pulled up. If you want to talk about that, or do you want to go into your buy? What's the trade for Connor? No, the one with Eckler that I traded for. So oh, I, yeah. gave, I gave up uh, Philip Lindsay, Zach Ertz, and a, and a 2021 second round pick for Austin Eckler. It worked out. Oh, I didn't, man. you know, I didn't know Melvin Gordon was going to Denver either. So you know, Philip Lindsay's, oh. you know, Philip Lindsay's value went down, and then everyone like knows my thoughts on Zach Ertz. Yeah, I think I like that. Yeah. yeah, especially after the Melvin Gordon signing, you definitely won that deal. That's why I like to make those trades in early January. Try to try to get a read on these NFL teams. Yeah, get ahead of things. Yeah. Anthony, who's your uh well Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna move on over to mine and it's gonna be Miles Sanders, somebody I'm very, very, very high on. And a big reason is because from week ten on, he was uh, on pace to be a top eight running back. And he only had 52% of the running back touches in Philadelphia and still was able to finish as an RB1, which was uh, number 12. Uh, right now he's currently being drafted as a uh, the 11th running back, and I just think that's too low. I think he's got a very big opportunity to, to jump into maybe the top six or seven uh, after this season. And in the seven games uh, starting in week 10, his snap count, jumped to 85, 85, 88, 57, 71, 81, and then 31. Uh, the 31 was more rest. Boston Scott kind of did his thing that game. Um, but in the seven games, uh, as well with that, he was on pace for over 300 touches, over 1,500 yards, and nine touchdowns on over 80 targets. And I think that's just a, a really big workload for a guy who's extremely efficient uh, when he touches the football. Uh, he really made – uh, a difference for that offense. And I know that I think he's someone Doug Peterson will lean a little bit more on uh, than he has in the past on other running backs. And on top of that, the Eagles have one of the best, if not the best offensive lines in the league. And speaking of your boy, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders was the only other uh, running back to average 10 yards, per, at least 10 yards per carry with at least 50 catches. So they both uh, are pretty good with the ball in their hands. And I think the Eagles are going to keep their attempts in the upper 20s, which is where they've been uh, the last couple of years. And if Sanders can see right around 60% of that, you know, that'll keep him around 15 to 20 touches a game, which will let him do that damage uh, that he really can do. So uh, I'm interested to see how Peterson plays it uh, for 2020. But, uh, yeah, that's where – that's my Miles Sanders love. You do love Miles Sanders. I do love Miles Sanders. Uh, I, I like think it. He, the only reason he wasn't amazing in college was because he sat behind Saquon Barkley. That's that's what I truly feel. I mean, he had a great senior season, but I think Barkley – He's going to be great this year. Some people are sleeping on him. They really are. I'm, I'm one of those people. Well, yeah, I mean, Edward Zolaire is already ahead of him. And, I mean, 
that's just a little too much for for my blood. Uh, well, you know me. You, you know me and my love for my for uh, Prince of Valer. Uh, Would you call him Prince of Prince of Valer? Hilarious. There it is. Um, uh, yeah, well, let's talk about yourself. Yeah, we went to ourselves for a running back here. Um, so, drum roll, please. Christian McCaffrey, running back for Carolina, is myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm not selling him because I think he sucks. He's overrated or anything. He's great. All right. He's the best running back in the league. Now, the, the thing that scares me is his workload. You know, he's, he had that 400 touches last year. Um, and you know what happens with running backs once once their workload increases, there's always that chance for possible injury. But I ran into this, you know, funny stat: the curse of the 400 touches. Larry Johnson, Eddie George, Ladanian Tomlinson, Demarco Murray, Stephen Jackson, Andrew James. After their 400 um, touch season, their numbers declined drastically. Um, so. This is this is your chance right here. If you wanna if you wanna sell Christian McCaffrey, you, this is this is when you're gonna someone's gonna pay you, someone's gonna pull up the Brinks truck into your driveway and dump that dump the money right out right outside your house. Um, so we all know the the life expectancy of running backs. Um, can you guys name the top twelve running backs in 2016? Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley. David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, uh, uh, Evelyn J. Jai had a good year. Yeah, 2016. Jordan, Jordan Howard, Frank Gore, Howard, yeah, Murray, Lashawn McCoy, Monte Freeman, Lashawn McCoy. How many of those names did we just named? Where, what are they now? You know, so this is where you want to. You know, I, I understand he's still young. If you have him and you and you and you're deep in running back. This is your chance to get them. During my research, I ran into a couple of trades that you know that some of our some of our um, friends and colleagues had made that I want to discuss with you guys. You know, if which which team do you think you know made out in this trade? So team A gets Christian McCaffrey and Matt Ryan. Team B gets Patrick Mahomes, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, 2020 first round pick and 2021 first round pick. Team B. I'm taking the second one. Team B. Yeah, so it's one quarterback? One quarterback. Here's another yeah. one. Team A got Christian McCaffrey. Team B got Joe Mixon, Scary Terry McLaren, 2020 first, first overall pick, 101 one, and 109. I'm taking yeah, that I'm side. We'll do here's this one. I I don't know what I don't know who what this person was thinking. Christian McCaffrey, ready? For Saquon Barkley, Ter- Terry McLaren in the 2020 second round pick, and also Justin Hill was thrown in that trade. <laughs> Obviously taking Saquon there. And then here's the last one that I that I saw: Christian McCaffrey, Derek Hen- Christian McCaffrey for Derek Henry, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, and two firsts. Oh, the one in the first was the first overall. 2020. 2020 first overall. Oh my goodness. Yeah, people are people are overpaying for Christian McCaffrey. This is your chance to, to you know, like I said, pull, get that brain. A lot more than I thought. Damn. Yeah, I, it's you know, there's always that you know that fantasy player that doesn't know what they're doing. This is your chance to take advantage of them, I guess. They'll, you can get anything close to that. Sell, sell, yeah. sell. 
that's what I'm saying. You're you're selling the name, and eventually his his number. Especially if you get Saquon plus. That, yeah, that's, that's when I saw that it was it was insane. Yeah, I have Saquon over CMC. Yeah, and the other thing that scares me is this new coaching staff. What type of offense are they going to bring with Teddy Bridgewater under center? You know, I I loved I loved Cam Newton, even though last year he, he, without Cam Newton, McCaffrey got all those touches, but. I, I don't know. I just don't – there's a lot of unknowns with that coaching staff and that, and that new quarterback. So, that's my saw. And if you don't like it, you can tweet at me, Keenan underscore 716. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that McCaffrey will continue to get a lot of targets. I don't think he's going to get what he was getting. Yeah. Uh, Bridgewater loves to throw the short passes, but you're right. We don't know what that new coaching staff is going to do. So I'm going to move over to my, my cell, and that's going to be Aaron Jones, uh, the running back for the Green Bay Packers. And, again, I love the talent. Uh, I think he's, he's a good player. But at the same point, uh, there are, I guess, a lot of issues that I can see, along with his team maybe showing that, that, that they're not too much uh, invested in him either. So with the addition of A.J. Dillon, uh, this year kind of as a higher pick. Uh, Aaron Jones seems pretty expendable. Um, he was not a high draft pick, not high draft capital. This coaching staff didn't select him. He'll be a free agent after this year, and it just seems like the writing's kind of on the wall for him. And he, he's kind of uh, – he led the league last year in touchdowns. Uh, he had 18 total. And he needed those touchdowns, though, to, to kind of be that top back because he did have five games with eight PPR points or less. So – that, that was very disappointing to find out. And another alarming stat was he did have 49 catches and three touchdowns throughout the season, but four of those, four of those games Devontae Adams missed, and he had all three touchdowns and 22 of those 49 catches in that. So really he had 27 catches and no touchdowns in the 12 games when Devontae Adams played. That was extremely alarming to me. So I really don't think that Aaron Jones is going to be somebody in PPR that you can rely to have that top five, even production, unless you think he's going to be getting a lot of touchdowns. And I don't think he's going to be getting a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he had a fantastic 2019, even had a great 2018, but uh, I don't think that 2020 will be kind to him or at least even beyond. Uh, so great, great player. If you can move him, I would do it now. Uh, unless you are just so confident in the talent that if he goes somewhere else besides Green Bay, that he's going to land in the spot where he will be a workhorse. Um, but uh, again, that's that's kind of that's kind of the disappointing things with uh, with Aaron Jones for me. Uh, even with Jamal Williams too, it's just it's kind of crowded, and I think he's going to be the odd man out for twenty twenty one. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, they're one eight and eight season away from just just tearing that whole team up. They already got the pieces. They already got A.J. Dillon, and they got Jordan Love. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like that self for sure. Um, uh, my guy, though, uh, I don't know if it'll be a surprise or not, but I'm going with Delvin Cook. Um, you know, I think there there's a few obvious reasons. You know, Alexander Madison, uh, he played great with the, with the uh, opportunity he was given. Um you know he's had the he's had injury issues throughout his entire career. Um, he's on the final year of his deal. Who knows if that's even gonna you know turn into a holdout situation or not? Um, 
I'm I'm really hoping it doesn't. You know, I think I think since they traded away Diggs, um, all the Adam Thielen's over, th- you know, going to be thirty years over thirty years old. Uh, they're going to need him, so you know, I think they are going to prioritize trying to sign sign him. But there is still that possibility of a holdout. Um, and then not only that, but his value right now is probably higher than it's ever going to be again. Um, I know some people argue, you know, if he if he does get signed to a long term deal, you know, his value will raise. Uh, but not really. If you look at Zeke, he signed that long-term deal, and his his value is right about where it was before anyways. Um, and, you know, if he comes into this year and he's not signed to a long-term deal, has another injury, you know, who knows what happens. And then his value will significantly drop potentially. So, you know, right right now would be the best time to, to get as much as you possibly could for him. Yeah, and I do like I do love Alexander uh, Madison. I think the I think he's a Dalvin Cook pretty much, just a younger version. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Dalvin Cook. I do think he's got a few more years. Um, maybe Madison can become something, but I think at least right now it could be something after Dalvin's up. Um, and just sorry, just one more. Was I'll just... have draft Dalvin Cook again because he cost me a WWE championship and Dennis. Reagan won that week with like a hundred points on me. Yeah. I still think, I, I still think Delvin cook is going to be great. Yeah. Um, but, but there, there's, there are, there are things that could potentially make his value value decrease come, come next off season. Yeah, I agree with that. And, um, and sorry, just one thing, one thing too, I want to hit back on with Aaron Jones that I forgot was that, sorry, he did have 16 rushing touchdowns, 19 total. But the averaging one a game, he had 14 of those touchdowns in the red zone, and 11 of them were in the 10-yard line. And that was another reason why I just – you can't expect that to happen every single season. So were his touchdowns bunched up? What would you say? Were his touchdowns bunched up, like he had multiple touchdowns in games? Oh, yeah. He had, he had I think, at least four games where he had multiple rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, there was a couple games with, with nothing for sure. I, I had five year. games with eight points or less. He was really frustrating last year. Either he was. He, and either he hit or he, or he get, you got nothing out of him. Yeah, especially, you know, Cook Cook was frustrating, you know, when he's injured. But like you said, when he's on the field, he's going to be fantastic. Uh, like, so, for example, what if, what if you – would you trade, like, you trade Delvin Cook for Miles Sanders plus? You know, oh, I you wish. Potentially even get <laughs> it, it plus. Did you see his uh, Did you see his eyes light up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if if I could get if I could get, uh, I wish I had Miles Sanders on my team. Antonio would be pulling up that brick truck right Anthony, now. Or Antonio, uh, you you know I got him in in the Western New York dynasty. Yeah, league. so we're gonna move on to uh, your <laughs> buy for a wide receiver. <laughs> Why don't you talk about Darius Slayton for the uh, New York Giants, Eric? Yeah. Um, at first, I was uh, – he wasn't my buy first, but then I was looking, and for some crazy reason, which I don't know why, his ADP is wide receiver 48. Uh, you know, he was a rookie last year. He, he finished last year as wide receiver 37. Uh, he's, he's 23 years old. Um, they didn't draft any wide receivers, which I think that that is a big telling sign of what they think of him because – Golden Tate's going to be 32 years old. He's he's not going to be a long-term option there. He's going to be gone soon. 
Uh, Sterling Shepard is good, but he's not great in my opinion. Um, and and he's the next guy there. He's I think he's potentially going to be their wide receiver one. Um, maybe not next year, but come the year after. Uh, all he has to do is just all he has to do is just hit what his numbers that he had last year, and he's already beating his current value. So, you know, this he, wide receiver forty eight was was a bit was a bit low to me. I was I was surprised about that. Um, but but yeah, they. You know they they drafted O line, so their passing game should hopefully hopefully be better. You know Daniel Jones is going to have some better protection. Uh, the whole offense is just going to be better, which which could open up up more opportunities for more more scoring chances. He is a big play guy, um, and yeah, I, just for how low his price is right now, I think it'd be crazy not to try and get him. Your your last point there that you didn't mention that they didn't draft a single wide receiver in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said that. Yeah. Did you? I'm um, sorry. I missed it. That's yeah. yeah that, that was one thing. They, they didn't draft anybody in this, yeah. in this potentially crazy draft class for wide yeah. receiver, crazy good wide receivers. They didn't take a single one. I would have pulled money on it. They were going to at least get, get Daniel Jones some weapons. Um, so. Yeah. And every, they were one of the teams that everyone thought would take a wide receiver in. They must I really think I think that's a telling sign for their they rookie like wide receiver um, that they like him and they want him to be a part, big part of that offense. Yeah, I. That's a excellent point. Yeah, they want that continuity for sure with Golden Tate, Shepard, and you know Evan Ingram's probably staying there. So I, yeah. I'm uh, I'm intrigued with with Slayton for sure. He is, what was he a six round pick too? Fifth, fifth rounder, I believe. Fifth round, is that what you said? Yeah, fifth rounder. Right? He's a fifth rounder, and he had those great numbers, huh? Well, he was in like the thirties for pre pre com uh geez, pre draft rankings and everything for wide receivers. Yeah. He uh he was definitely not. There was a lot of late wide receivers that kind of came up this year. And when you look at his film, he this year for for the Giants, he had some he had some nice catches. You know, he he made those big plays, and you know he, that's what you want to see out of guys and. You know, I think they're they're potentially going to put themselves in in some more scoring opportunities this year, and the offense just as a whole will be better. And yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing for me is they didn't draft anybody in in this class, which was surprising. And I think yeah. that that's a big telling sign of of what they think of him. Yeah, uh, that's true. So Keenan, why don't yeah. uh, why don't you talk about your uh, wide receiver buy? Yeah, my, my wide receiver buy is going to be Robert Woods, a wide receiver, excuse me, for the L.A. Rams. You're going to be able to get Robert Woods real cheap. Robert Woods doesn't put up those flashy numbers that, um, you know, that Julio or, or Hopkins would or Beckham would, but he is on the field all the time. Um, there's only two players that, that, were, that had more snaps than Robert Woods last, last year, and that was Hopkins. He he had he was on the field for ninety seven percent of the time. Odell Beckham was on the field for ninety five percent of the snaps, and Robert Woods was on the field for ninety four percent of his team snaps. One thousand nine snaps altogether, to be exact. And for for in fantasy, what's more important than a player being on the field? It gives them more chances to, you know, catch the ball, score some touchdowns for you, rack up those fantasy points, so you guys can get that W. So I think Robert Woods, you're, you're going to be able to get him cheap. Um, perfect depth guy. Um, the other thing that I found really interesting is 
the Rams ended up switching their offense on the fly last year. They went from uh, heavy personnel. They went to they went from heavy eleven personnel uh, to twelve personnel um, because of that poor offensive line. Because of that, Robert Woods would, became became one of the best wide receivers from week from week twelve to week uh, seventeen. He ended up being a wide receiver twelve in those weeks. You, we would think that Cooper Cup would take away from Robert Woods, but Robert Woods takes away from Cooper Cup. From week nine to week seventeen, Cooper Cup was only on the field in, on third down uh, plays, where Robert Woods stayed on the field for all three downs. Um, so I think, I think you know, I this is this is a chance where I think the LA Rams are going to get that offense figured out again. They were just. We mentioned it. They were just a year year away from being one of the best offenses in NFL history. They were putting up crazy numbers, and like I said, this is this is perfect guy to target. He's gonna be cheap. Yeah, that's that's my buy, guys. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we're uh, we got some of the uh, we got some high high uh, praise for the Rams. Uh, this season, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, I can't see them going from one of the best offenses in the league to just mediocre early from last, like, like they were last year. I, I think they take a step forward again. Yeah, everybody's, everyone's definitely getting an uptick. And uh, speaking of someone getting an uptick, I have my uh, wide receiver buy here, and that's going to be Marquise Hollywood Brown, wide receiver of the Baltimore Ravens, coming into his second year, and. I think this guy just – he flashed all over the field and he was barely even on it. Uh, that that It seems like every time he played, he was scoring a touchdown or you were just uh, waiting for some long, long explosion to happen. You know, whenever Lamar put that ball up in the air, I was hoping Hollywood was on the receiving end of it. And uh, like I said, it seemed like more often than not he wasn't – or he was. He had seven touchdowns, but – only on 71 targets. So, I mean, he's not going to, you know, catch one every single 10 targets. Uh, that's a lot, but he did have at least six games with double digit PPR and two of them were over 20. So that was pretty awesome when he couldn't even play more than 65% of the snaps. Uh, that was uh, only four games was he over that. So I think he's going to be able to get on the field more. Obviously he was a rookie. He had Liz Frank uh, injury in December of 2018 that he was coming off of. So I think there's just a lot of good things for him. He reminds me so much of Tyreek Hill, and I'm not saying he's going to become Tyreek Hill next season, but, I mean, he can cut and, and just run routes so well. Uh, he gets a lot of uh, a lot of yak, a lot of yards after the catch. And, I mean, just his first game alone, he had four catches for 147 yards and two touchdowns, his first NFL game ever. So – I think there's a lot more good things to come. It was against the Dolphins, though. I remember that. Hey, hey, it doesn't matter. You're a rookie, and that's your first NFL game, and you've got Lamar Jackson, who was perceived to be – you know, we obviously saw he was a better passer, but at the time not not that great, uh, especially with the deep ball. And, you know, you go off doing that. That was at least extremely impressive to me. Yeah. But I think think that offense as a whole is going to get a lot better, especially getting rid of Hayden Hurst. I think people are – underestimating how big of a deal that's going to be for that offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm not very happy with you because you took them right before me in our uh, draft that we are doing right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get him everywhere I can. <laughs> so let's move to our uh, wide receiver cells. Uh, speaking of crowded, 
Who do you have there, Eric? Uh, yeah, mine's Amari uh, Cooper, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, we, we talked about this before, um, the whole situation there in Dallas with the three wide receivers, uh, Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. Um, Cooper's going to be great. You know, he's going to be he's going to be good. He's going to be what he is. You know, he, he he always has those games where he disappears, and then he has games where he just absolutely dominates. He's always the guy that finishes the year as a top twelve guy, but never feels like it. You know, um, and I think especially with the addition of C.D. Lamb, it's going to be more of that. There's going to be games where, you know, not there's there could be games where all three of them do great, but you know, it's not going to be often. You know, um, and just for the long term outlook, he, you know, his his contract's no longer guaranteed after twenty twenty one. Um, Michael Gallup's contract is up after 2021 and, you know, Gallup's going to be the cheaper option to keep alongside CD lamb. So we could see a potential trade or something happen with Amari Cooper that, you know, really it just could end ugly. Um, you know, knowing Jerry Jones and, and, you know, just how they run things there, but, you know, it's right now is his ADP is wide, wide receiver 11, you know, you, you can get a pretty good haul for him. Um, and I, I'd like to sell him now and just not even have to deal with the situation that's going to come in a couple of years where, you know, you just don't know. He, he could be on a different team, and you just don't even know what's gonna what team it'll be and, and how, how he's going to produce in that offense. But he will be he, – he should be fine for the next, next, you know, two years in this offense. I, you know, I would, I would think. I think it's going to be a high-powered offense. Um, but for the long-term outlook, I think right now, right now what you can get for him, it, it's a good time to sell. Yeah, I, I do think that Amari, you know, if you're in, in the, the side of, of Eric where you think that that's going to be the case, then, I, yeah, might, now might be the right time to sell or even next season if he has another great year and people maybe don't see that writing on the wall, you could get, get rid of him too. Um, I'm, I'm on the side too that uh, no matter where he goes, he's probably going to produce. He did it in Oakland, does in Dallas. If they get rid of him, I think he's going to do it wherever else he goes to. But I'm also a pretty big fan of Amari Cooper. Uh, but I can't fault you for what you're thinking because I also love Gallup and CD. It's just, you know, I, I had him in leagues too uh, this 2019 season and talking with other people. I, I remember, I don't remember who exactly it was, but they were literally asking – or not necessarily asked, they were just debating to themselves in a playoff game whether they wanted to play Amari Cooper or it was like some wide receiver three. Like, it's just – he always somehow just has game where it's just like you're you're scared to play him, you know? Like oh, yeah. He's worried, he's, he's just worried he's not going to – he's just going to not do anything. I was in a championship game a couple of years ago. Story time, guys. And I was up by two point three points or whatever, two, three points. It was very small margin. All my players were done. He only had Amari Cooper going into the four o'clock games. <laughs> I watched that whole game. I expected, expected that I lost, you know, I was sitting back cause I was, I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose. As the game went on and on and on and on, I slowly started getting closer and closer and closer to the t- TV because Amari Cooper did not have a catch that game. <laughs> Exactly. So, I, I don't, I don't fault you at all. He, he has games where he disappears. Yes, he, he does. He, 
you know, I, I don't know. He did it on Dallas. He had games on Dallas where he did it in Oakland a lot, like I said. And, and I ended up winning that game by, like I said, it was against Shane Sawicki. We, you guys can talk to him about it, but uh, and I it was it was a championship game, and I like I don't fault you at all. He he definitely disappears. Yeah, he does. He does have his up and downs, um, but I, I tend to hope he has more of those ups <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more frequently. Uh, but somebody else that I really do like that pains me to talk about is uh, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver of the Denver Broncos. I love the talent. I really do. I had high hopes for this guy, uh, and then they they go and draft Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and bring in Marvin Gordon. And right there, I just kind of. Uh, kind of had to get rid of all of those high hopes for me. Uh, you know, when Locke came in the last five games of the season, they went four and one. And Cortland Sutton's best game was the first game that Locke played with him. And it was five uh, five targets, four catches for 74 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't have – he only had higher than 74 yards one more time, and that was only 79 yards, and never had higher than five catches. And no more touchdowns. It's really scary to me now that they've added so many pieces to the offense. It's fantastic for Drew Locke, fantastic for Denver as a whole, but I just don't think it's good for Cortland Sutton. You know, he showed that he can be a, a really good wide receiver. He's a great deep threat. Uh, he's really big. He plays really big. But uh, I, I just – you got to hope that he's going to be hyper-efficient with those targets in order to rely on those high touchdowns or at least hopefully looking for that jump of him becoming a true wide receiver one. Uh, but – Dulock only averaged 32 passes a game, and even if even if he gets 500 attempts and Cortland Sutton gets, you know, 25% of that, that's still 125 targets, and that's really not enough. That's exactly what he had last year. And, I mean, 1,100 yards and six touchdowns is a good season, but it's not what you were looking for for what the aspirations of Cortland Sutton are. And, you know, Jerry Judy's really, really good, so who knows he doesn't take over as a wide receiver one. You better shut your mouth. <laughs> I like I said I love Courtney Sutton, Sutton as the talent but uh, everything that they've done this offseason and Noah Fant just really good himself and it just worries me yeah I, I love Courtney Sutton I if you're if you have him on your team and you want to sell him you want to sell him low let's talk tonight Anthony <laughs> thankfully but, I don't really have him anywhere but uh yeah we'll we'll see though we'll see why don't you tell us about uh, about your sell? Yeah, Keenan is selling Keenan Allen, wide receiver for um, the L.A. Chargers. I just don't know what's going on there in L.A. Um, unlike the other L.A. Rams, other L.A. team where I feel very comfortable fantasy-wise. I, uh, I think with Tyrod or Justin Her- Herbert, I think his numbers fall down. Um, I think, you know, he – he's going to struggle in that, in that offense, that new newly developed offense with a new quarterback. He lost Phillip Rivers who they've had this, you know, this chemistry and connection for a while and going from Phillip Rivers, who was a future hall of famer to a rookie quarterback or Tyrod Taylor is just not going to cut it for him, I think. So if you have Keenan Allen, I would consider selling him. Also another thing that scares me is his age. He's turning 28 or he is 28 already. Um, you know, once once those wide receivers start getting close to the 30s, it's 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 really scary because then you won't be able to trade them, and you're stuck with an aging wide receiver. 
um, yeah, I, I, I actually did. I ended up trading Keenan Allen. Now that I think about it, I ended up trading Keenan Allen and Tower Boyd, and I got one eight and one ten for this year. So I think that worked out for me pretty good because now I could draft my wide receiver replacements in this deep draft. Yeah, I I like that. So Antonio and I actually we co-commissioned a league and yeah. we had Keenan Allen. We ended up trading. We traded Keenan Allen for the one oh eight, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and something else and we drafted justin jefferson yeah see that's, yeah that's, that's and that, like i said i i got i traded him for one eight and tower boyd also so i got one eight at one time and if i could get justin jefferson at one eight I'm, I'm happy you know oh yeah for sure let's move into our tight ends here uh eric what do you have um yeah my tight end sell or buy or we're doing buys right buys first yeah so my buy for tight ends is going to be Tyler Higby, tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. <clears throat> um, I guess the biggest argument for this is actually I'm buying into the fact that they're going to run the offense that they were running towards the end of the year last year. Um, you know, so what, what they did was weeks one through 12, they, they ran 11 personnel 76% of the time. Um, and then weeks 13 to 17 is when they ended up only running 11 personnel 59% of the time. And during that time, you know, they were running more, more two tight end sets and, and Tyler Higby was thriving during that time. He had four games over a hundred yards. Um, he was averaging over a hundred yards a game. Uh, his, if, if you stat him out, um, from when, after they made the switch, uh, so basically it was, it was five games. It's a small sample size. Um, but if they continue to run this offense, his 16 game pace would have been um, 179 targets for 137 receptions, 1,670 yards and six touchdowns, which is absolutely insane. Um, you know, with even, even with obvious regression from those numbers, say he loses – 40% of the of those of those stats, right? He's still going to he's still going to outproduce the tight end 12. Um and and my argument towards why, you know, a lot of people don't think they're going to continue running that offense for some reason. Um before they were running that, they were scoring 22.6 points per game, which was kind of middle of the pack to the, the NFL. After the switch for the last 5 games, they were scoring 33.6 points per game which would have been number one in the league with Baltimore finishing the season with 31.6. Just the entire offense was so much better. Uh, Pass blocking was better. There was a lot of pressure taken off of golf. Golf played better. Um, Not worried about Gerald Everett. He's on the last year of his deal. Higby was already signed to an extension. So sure, Everett will be there this year, but even with him there, I I still think Higby is going to be great. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to hit those those projected numbers um, or those those numbers he would have been on pace for. But, you know, I still think you can see – easily see 80 catches in 1,000 yards. Um, so – and 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 he's he, he's going to smash that tight end 12 value that he's, that he's currently sitting at. We're doing a tight end premium, super flex tight end premium. Both drafts, I got him in the 10th round. Um and I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. Yeah, you were pumped. 
<laughs> I was very happy. You would think we're LA Rams fans over here. For real. Antonio loves golf. I love Robert Woods. You love Higby. I love Cooper Cup too. Cooper Cup, yeah. We, you know, I'm gonna bust out my LA Rams jersey. Uh, but my um, my buy for a tight ends is uh, Noah Fant, uh, Denver Broncos tight end. He had a very strong rookie season. Um, Forty receptions, 562 yards, three touchdowns. You know, the numbers don't jump off the page for just any fantasy player. But that's a very strong rookie season for a tight end. You know, tight ends tend to usually struggle in their first couple seasons in the NFL. Um, he was just, honestly, the 12th. I looked. I was shocked when I saw this. He was just the 12th rookie tight end since 2000 to surpass 500 receiving yards. Um, if that's – that's, I, I wish I remembered the other, the other 11, but that's, that's an impressive stat. And he also had – Drew Locke throwing on the ball last couple games of the season, a rookie uh, quarterback. But that whole offense, I think, is just going to be really good. Um, they have a lot of weapons, like we've, we've mentioned. Um, they drafted a couple wide receivers and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler from Penn State. The big thing for me is Pat Shermer is their new offense coordinator. Um, veteran offense coordinator. He has a very good track record with tight ends dating back to, you know, early 2000s. He helped Chad Lewis and Kyle Rudolph um, have Pro Bowl seasons. Um, Schumer has also said very great things about uh, Noah Fant. I take it that he's going to use him if he's saying all these great things about him. He even compared him to Evan Ingram, who uh, when Ingram was healthy, we all knew how his fantasy, he was a stud in fantasy football. So I think think if you can get Noah Fant, especially because – um, what am I trying to say here? Especially if if someone that's not very familiar with rookie tight ends and how and how long it takes tight ends to develop, I think you could take advantage of of someone and, to, and get him at a at a very good price for yourself. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of Fant, and uh, like you said, you know that list of eleven hour tight ends is probably a pretty uh, pretty good list to be on. I'm sure there's some really popular names that uh, that we know. And, uh, yeah, it does take a bit for tight ends to break out. So, for him to do that so early is really crazy. And, you know, another younger tight end that I want to talk about, too, is uh, Mike Kosicki, the tight end from Miami. And he he kind of had a coming-out party for himself last year, uh, especially after, after uh, their bye from week six on when he was the tight end 10. And – he did a majority of his work during that time too, where he had 45 catches for 519 yards and five touchdowns. So he only had six other catches really before that. So on a full slate of a season uh, where he finished as a tight end 12 right now, I think he's in a really good spot to do way better than that. Uh, he's currently going as a tight end 13 and we're probably looking more cl- towards the top six, top seven finish, um, especially if he can get more targets, which I think he will. Uh, he had seven plays of twenty plus, uh, seven plays of twenty plus yards, and he had an extremely high A dot, uh, average depth of target. So he was targeted very far down the field. Um, he led all tight ends in air yards from week four on, and we all know how Fitz Magic loves to throw the ball. Um, so he finished four, He wanted finishing fourth in air yards for all tight ends. So I think that uh, that Mike Kosicki will now going into his third year will become 
uh, a really reliable target for Fitzpatrick again, and hopefully the incumbent Tua Tungavailoa. And uh, in that nine-game stretch that we were talking about, uh, he had at least six targets in, in, in those games, and he was, he was able to get at least eight and a half points per game. So that would put him still as tight end 12 last year, and that's just without even improving. And he was one of seven tight ends to have at least 50 catches and uh, eighth in targets with 89. So Miami wants know, to give him the ball. You want to know a weird stat about Gasicki? Um, out of all the tight ends in 2019 with at least 80 catches, he's the only one not to break a tackle. Not was that it, it really targets? means. Was that? Was it 80 targets? Um, I believe it was catches. Didn't he have 80 catches? He had uh, 57 catches. Oh, targets. Tar- yeah, okay. Tar- so targets. He, targets. He, with at, yeah, with at least 80 targets, yeah. Um, yeah. Out of all the tight ends with at least 80 targets, uh, he was the only one not to break a single tackle. Well, that is interesting. That means he really just got used on the field a lot. And, well, I mean, he did get used on the field a lot. And that's another thing with Kosicki. And what I like in my tight ends is that he ran a lot of routes. He wasn't just yeah. on the field to kind of block. So, yeah, what, a- like we were talking about how I got Higby in the 10th. I also I traded up and I, I selected Gasicki in the 10th round also. Um, so th- those are my two tight ends in that league in a tight end premium league. You know, I got them both, you know, in the later rounds. So I was, I was pretty happy about that. These are two guys that I think could easily break the top eight and you're, you're buying them at what tight end 12 and 13 with, with Higby and Gasicki. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So, uh, why don't you shift us over to the sell side Keenan and, uh, well, just just to add on to uh, the the tight ends that yeah were uh, that got 500 yards in a rookie season, just to name a couple before we move on: um, Evan Ingram, Jeremy Shockey, Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez. Um, let me scroll down here. Uh, George Kittle. Yeah, it, there's a lot of good players. Zach or Tyler Tyler Eifert's on there too, but um, a lot of good a lot of good. You know, tight ends who had really good careers um, and who had 500 yards in their rookie season. So I think, just to add on to Noah Fan, I think that's a good sign for him as well. So now I guess I'll move into um, our, my cell here. I Someone stole my cell. I won't mention any names. I'm sure you, the listeners will figure it out once we get to them. Um, so I had to change my cell um, to Travis Kelsey. Um, when it comes to Dynasty, Football. I'm a big believer in age and father time. And Travis Kelsey has been one of the best tight ends for the last four years. He's been a tight end one in PPR in the last four straight seasons. This is something that you could use in trade talks, use as leverage in negotiating with with, with, play, with people. Um, like I said, I'm a big believer in father time, and father time will eventually catch up to all of us. As a cutoff to me, thankfully. You know, no gray hairs yet. But uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey's turning 31 this October. It's hard to believe. And just like when Rob Gronkowski had to take that year off after, he, you know, all, all those injuries piled up, I think this is this would be the perfect offseason to trade him. He had a good year last year. Um, they won the Super Bowl. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of taking advantage of people. 
And this is the, this is when you take advantage, try to get, try to trade Travis Kelsey and try to get as much as you can for him. The, the thing I found interesting though, even when Tyreek Hill was out last year due to injury, um, he missed a few games. Travis Kelsey only scored one touchdown. You would think that, you know, with their top wide receiver out, you would think they would use Travis Kelsey more, but they, they still spread the ball around and were able to, you know, overcome the Tyreek Hill injury without really using Travis Kelsey. Um, another thing, like I said, injuries started piling or are going to start piling up. Um, they already have. He's had multiple surgeries over the last few years, including his ankle, hernia. Uh, he had shoulder surgery. This is his eighth season. Eventually, eventually the body's going to um, the body's going to shut after after you know football's a physical sport as we know. And eventually it's going to catch up. So I think this would be a perfect offseason to trade one of the best tight ends in the game. Yeah, it's uh, it's always sometimes nicer to be a year early than a year too late. Yeah. And that might be the right time for Travis Kelsey. And I'm wondering if uh, for my player, that might be the right time too. And that's Darren Waller. Uh, he's not up as up there in age. He's going to be turned 28. But Hold he's on. Also- you traded me him. What are you saying? You 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 uh you ripped me off. <laughs> there is a good reason, and you know I could be wrong though. I could definitely be wrong, but uh, I have a better feeling he's more like Gary Barnage than uh, <laughs> he is going to be. Where to God, Antonio? So <laughs> you know, a big reason with with Darren Waller, he had ninety catches, over eleven 1, hundred yards, and that was just a fantastic year, kind of coming out of nowhere, uh, but. Foster Moreau is a younger talent tight end they really like. They signed Jason Witten. They draft Henry Ruggs. They get Nelson Aguilar. You know, I think that they, they're making that that uh, that offense a little bit more crowded for Waller, where I don't think he's going to be getting the same amount of targets. They added Mariota, who we know uh, Mike Mayock, their GM, really, really loved back when he came out. So there's a chance he could replace Carr. Um, you know, like I said, maybe maybe – the wide receivers are going to stretch the field for him and he's going to become even more efficient than he already was. They won't need that many catches, but I'm kind of on the other side of that. And out of those 1145 receiving yards, he only had 850 area, 856 air yards. And that means that he had a lot of yards after catch. And we don't see many tight ends that have the ability to get so much yards after catch, you know, uh, George Kittle's the number one in the, in the league with that. And, Darren Waller wasn't too far back from him, and I really don't think Darren Waller can be that consistent with it. So with with that being said, I really think that uh, it would be a nice time to get rid of him because I don't think he can get even higher. If you can't sell him now for, what would you say, maybe a late first, how do you think if he does it again and then becomes turning 29 that you're going to be able to even do it more? So if you can find a buyer and get a late first for him, I, I would definitely take it, uh, maybe even an early second and another maybe fourth, come back with it. It's crazy how many uh, negatives you found now and how many positives you found in our trade ne- negotiator. During your talks, yep. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's Well, this was also probably before the draft, before they got oh. Mariota. I wish – this is way before the draft. but Exactly. I mean, yeah, Derek I gotta... loves – Carr loves Waller. He really does, but I didn't think that – Well, Mariota's going to love him too, so. I, that's – yeah, he may. He just very well may. So, let's continue I realized, with the old I didn't realize he was 28, though. 
Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Uh, he was a really good pickup uh, for me personally last year. I grabbed him in almost every redraft um, and a few dynasties too. But, um, yeah, I just <laughs> – I kind of only expected to take it once. I'm not going to keep hoping for more. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Good for him if I'm wrong. Better be wrong. I'm yeah. coming to your house. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, why don't you continue the theme with some older tight ends? Yep. Um, so, my cell, uh, like you said, an older tight end here is uh, Zach Ertz. Um, you know, he's going to be turning 30 during the season. Um, we, I mean, I do, I do know that tight ends generally do last a little bit longer. You know, look at Jason Witten and Greg Olson, for example. Um, but still, you know, he, he, once you're over 30, it just seems like, you know, especially for fantasy football, like your, your dynasty values is just going to start dropping. Um, he's currently ADP tight end five right now. Um, his value, I, I feel like his value from last year to this year has dropped significantly already. Um, so I think right now is going to be the best time to get as much as you possibly could, whatever it may be, because, you know, after this season, if, if Dallas Goddard goes out and has a good year, um, it, it could it could get ugly. You know, he, he is uh, – Zach Ertz is signed still there under contract for another two years, but he, he does want um, an extension, uh, an extension that is – him trying to reset the market for tight ends. He already turned down a contract that rivaled Austin Hooper's. Um, so, you know, he, he's looking to get a lot of money and they have a talented guy there in Dallas, Dallas Goddard that, you know, if they don't want to pay, pay Zach Ertz, then they might not have to necessarily. Um, while he's there, I think he's still going to be great while he's there. Um, but where's he going to go after? Uh, we don't know. And, and like I said, his, his value is going to be dropping from year to year. And right now his value is probably never going to get, get higher again. Uh, so get get what you can for him. You could If you could try and trade him for, I don't even know. A third? So I'd I'd trade, like, for example, I'd trade him for Tyler Higby plus. You could probably get something pretty, pretty good along with a Tyler Higby or a Mike Jasicki or even a Hunter Henry or – you know, or one of those guys. Well, you yeah, know, I mean, even maybe offer him for a Noah Fant or for a Hawk and Yeah, or a Noah Fant, you could. Zach Ertz in a second for, you know, Fant or Hawk. Yeah, see, if you can get one of those guys plus, I'm, I'm, I'm all over that. Um, so, and I think you can right now. I mean, obviously, his, his, he's being drafted as the fifth, fifth tight end right now, and all those guys we named are going after him. So, so yeah, I think you get get what you can right now for him. Uh, because next off season you might not be able to get get nearly as much. I love it, Eric. I, I wonder where you got this cell from. <laughs> Took it from an old friend, you know. <laughs> it's selling them all always off good. season. Always good to share the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that's gonna wrap up our buys and sells. I hope you enjoyed them. Uh, that was a lot of information there for uh, all the players in all those positions. And what we're going to do is move over to wrap it up with, uh, with our segment of the mafia market. And uh, I think Keenan's going to move us along this week. Uh, what, what trade do you have for us, Keenan? Well, I'm working on a trade here with one of our buddies. Um, I'm not going to mention any names. I'm sure you guys can figure it out. 
we've been, we've been in trade talks for a while. Um, so I want to trade for Alvin Kamara. I think he's one of the better running backs in the league, obviously. And trying to trade away now. Yes, I am. <laughs> I like so I, the only thing that's holding me back is I think I'm giving up too much. And so I'm giving them Singletary. Well, I don't, I don't care. I don't really, I'm, I don't really mind giving up Singletary. I'm warning have, you. I have an offer out for him. For Alvin Kamara? Family league. So careful what you say. For who? For Kamara in the same league. Oh, for our uh, <laughs> uh, PPR league, one quarterback. Plus yeah. So, well, I don't, I, I don't care. I, I'm already stacked <laughs> at running back. I'm just, I was, tr- I'm, I'm already, you know, doubting myself that I'm going to do the trade. But Singletary was part of the deal, and also one eight and one ten was the other, the other two pieces. Um, is I this think, pro- oh, this is now okay. Yeah, this is now. Um, our draft is in July, so he, he, think, he's willing this, to do it, and you just have to say yes. Well, no. He, this offer has been on the table for months now and it's just, you know, it's one of us who's going to engage in conversation again. And I'm now I'm hesitant to make the move after see, after doing a couple drafts, I'm like, wait, I could get this. I could get that. I mean, I don't want to say this just because, because you're one of my rivals in that league, obviously, because we, we both are, I'd say have, you know, the top three or four teams in that league. Um, we both finished in the top four this year. But um, I, you're giving up Singletary, the 108 and the 110 for Kamara? Yeah. I, for me, that's a smash except I would easily give that up for Kamara. Really? Um, especially even this year? I would, yeah. Especially with his team too. Um, yeah. You, who, do you, who are your running backs? You have Zeke. Zeke, Melvin Gordon. Um, when I pull it up, I got the. I got, but then, I got don't the, you have? Don't you have like Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I have you such have a, have a really good team. I don't know how I even won a championship with this lineup, and it's it's actually really frustrating. Um, so I have Eckler, I have Gordon, I have Elliott, Carryon Johnson, whatever, Singletary, and yeah, that, those are my running backs. My wide receivers, I have Hale, Debo Samuel, Michael Thomas, uh, Gallagher at tight end with Ryan Griffin and Ebron. Yeah, see, I think you would just – I think you need more depth. Okay. I think I would keep those picks. And it's not – you know, obviously three months ago I probably would have said that was a smash, but as you get closer to the draft season, yeah. you could probably move – But you also got to realize he has, that, one, he has 101 in this league too. Yeah, I have 101 as well where I'm taking like – you're, you're, He's taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire there. He already said he could be starting – his starting lineup – could be Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Elvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, and then Debo Samuel is your yeah. – Yeah, but then you're tying yourself to New Orleans too. Is that another thing? Are you worried about that at all? No. Hey, my, my biggest concern, is, my, my biggest concern with that is, is, is the whole Drew Brees thing too. Is, you yeah. know, once Brees retires – is the field not going to be that? No, though it's it's very tempting to just take that and dominate this year, but it is. But at the same point, you know, but yeah. At the same time, you, you do have a, you do have a strong team, so you yeah. you could be fine. My other thing is, we're getting close to that draft. Is someone going to overpay for these picks even more? Exactly why I'm saying that's, that's where that we're we're only a month away now. Where as the clock is ticking, I'm more 
pulling back from this trade, and I'm like, I'll just hang on to Singletary and see what happens with eight and ten. Yeah, I guess I might even pull back Singletary, like you just said. I would maybe even just do eight and ten. But if you move Kamara, uh, then you can't really trade Kamara. People are going to want, you know, I just I think right now you wouldn't be able to trade Kamara for eight and ten come draft time. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you could. You don't think so? I, I think with maybe with this league, not not necessarily with – I mean, as a whole. I guess the maybe whole people for the should, league. But draft mm-hmm. fever gets people going crazy. I mean, I've seen Saquon Barkley go for 105 and That's 107. That's what I'm saying. Where? Once, I've once seen people, it on Twitter. Once people are drafting, it, it people go crazy. Just look what happened in our in our other league where I was able to move back in for nothing and then ended up getting an extra second. Yeah. You know, it's just people, people want their guy and, you know – so we'll see. We'll see. Then that's that's uh that's on the table. So it's yeah. Well, I I think that might be a good. Uh, it could end up being a good move for you, but yeah, sometimes patience is a virtue. Yeah, like I said, yeah. only a month away from the draft. So I got a, I got a trade that I want. I just want to throw in quick um, before yeah. before we get out of here. But uh, the, the most recent trade I've done, I'd say, um, of significance, but it's a super flex league, twelve team, uh, tight end premium, and I traded for Deshaun Watson. Um, so I received Deshaun Watson, and I gave up – it was a seventh-round pick, a my first-round pick, my first and third next year, and then my first the year after, I believe it was. Um, and then maybe I think we swapped picks somewhere else or something. But Is this with Wayne all again? So this was, was a start, start-up? Yeah, it was a, it's a, it's a startup that we're doing right now. Um so I so I have Deshaun Watson paired with Lamar Jackson now for my two QBs. Uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater is my backup. Um I'm lo- I'm loving my team after the trade. Um I I will admit I probably got a good deal on it. I think I think he's definitely worth more. Um you de- you definitely got a better deal. Yeah, so it was uh, the seventh round, and then you got a, you sent off your twenty first and twenty second first, as well as a third and twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a smash for me to get Watson. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm more mad because I offered him more when we were in the first round for me to move up to that spot, and then and then he ends up trading that pick for you know future i thought he was gonna take a quarterback in the seventh because there was so the reason why is there was still some decent quarterbacks on the board like i believe you know there was like golf was on there i think darnold golf you know a few guys that are no young. darnold wasn't because i took darnold right before you but you know oh well, yeah. still yeah. golf and and you got a few nervous. other guys um, you got nervous wait like i said you gotta take advantage of those uh, of those players yeah but yeah. that's what fantasy football is though <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's just gonna gonna about wrap us up here uh, for this episode. Uh, anything else that uh, you guys want to add in here? We love you, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, that should be yeah. it, man. That's right. Another good sode. Uh, thanks again that's to everybody three. listening. Yeah, three episodes down. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. Uh, follow myself at Antonio Denisi FF. Uh, you can follow Eric at Eric D underscore FF and at Keenan underscore 716. You could find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher. Yeah, that's breaking news. Yeah, you can you can find us all over now. So and I want to say if you guys have any questions, just send us a DM on on our separate Twitters. You know, not necessarily it doesn't have to be the podcast account or you know, just tag us in a in in Twitter a question. If you ever need any any help, any questions, any if you want any advice on, you know, trade help or anything, just send us a DM. You know, we're open to answering questions and you know, engaging with you guys. Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're here to help. Uh, and, and yeah, so I hope, uh, I hope that's what we're doing for you. And I hope you're with us here for the next episode. So, again, thanks so much for coming through. And uh, hope you had fun. So, until then, Mafia out. See you. Take care.